Welcome back to the official SEC Slow Smoke Podcast. I'm your host, Holt Norris, joined by my good friend, Jordan Brooks. We call him JB. What's going on, JB? Pretty well, Holt. How are you doing? I'm doing good, man. Um, coming to you uh, a day or two late this week. Um, usually, we are going to record a, a kind of a recap episode on Sundays, but had some traveling difficulties this week and Labor Day weekend. Um, just couldn't couldn't make it work. Um, so we're going to go ahead and bring you a, a, a hybrid episode um, where we're going to kind of recap last week as well as go ahead and preview next week and give our picks. Um, JB, how did you enjoy the first weekend of college football? I enjoyed a lot. Uh, your dogs uh, were well-behaved and allowed me to stay glued to the couch most of the day. And I, I was you know, watching games from 11 a.m. all the way to midnight. And I tell you, like, when you watch football all day, you're mentally exhausted by the end of the day. Like, you're not physically doing much, but just mentally, like, from watching all the games, you get really sleepy at the end of the day from watching all those games. I don't know how you feel, but that's how it always affects me. Yeah, I agree. I, I don't know if, if you can explain that to your wife in a way that she'll, she'll understand it. Yeah, it's hard to explain to a lot of people because, like, you didn't do anything. You just sat on the couch all day. But when you're processing the games and going through scenarios in your head, like, it, it's mentally exhausting after you know 12 plus hours of it yeah and i uh spent labor day weekend or the opening weekend in uh, las vegas um was an outstanding trip i had an amazing time got to spend some time at the aria sportsbook on saturday um and they were going cra- crazy for uh coach prime in uh, colorado in that 11 a.m time slot i bet they were um did you have any good food while you're in vegas Oh, that's all I did. I, I don't even remember, like, the names of the restaurants we ate at, so I can't even give, like, a proper review. But you had a buffet, um, right? Yeah, we had the buffet at the Wynn, the Wynn Hotel and Casino. That was outstanding. Um, they had these uh, Bananas Foster cinnamon rolls. Oh, my God. To, to die for. Absolutely amazing. Um, they had Belgium waffles, uh, bacon, sausage, uh, chorizo, scrambled eggs. God, you're making me hungry, man. All, man, like, <laughs> I could go on and on and on. There was so much food. I, I definitely they did not make money off of me I can promise you that they did not make money off of me um, and then we went to an Italian place that was really good man I just wish I could remember the name of it um, and just say then, what resort it was in it wasn't it was a standalone restaurant like not in the really? strip yeah that's odd yeah it was uh, it was completely off the beaten path not a touristy place at all um, gosh I wish I could remember the name of it all you but, gotta do uh, is just type Italian and then Las Vegas on Google and you'd probably be able to find it yeah well we are recording a podcast right now, so I'm not sure we're in the I'm best not going to waste your time, are we? <laughs> no. But um, we also ate at a craft uh, steak place inside the MGM Grand, which is really good. Um, so I enjoyed that a lot. There was just a lot of good food, honestly. Um, there was a lot of good eating. There's a place uh, right next to the sports book in the Aria called uh, The Money Line. Um, they got really good food there. I had like a bacon bowl there. Um, while I watched the 11 a.m. games on Saturday. Mm. Outstanding. Um, but anyway, so like I was saying, we're just going to go ahead and jump into um, our picks for this week. I'm just kind of recapping our picks from last week. Um, I went five and three. JB went four and four. Um, so kind of off to a, a decent start. We're, we're above 500. Yeah, that's that's all you want to do is finish above 500. If you're over 500 against a spread, that's pretty damn good in my opinion. And the game that we agreed on was a winner, Kentucky minus uh, 26 and a half, even though they did score with like 11 seconds left to cover that. So <laughs> I, appreci- I appreciate that, uh, Coach Stoops. I appreciate you looking out for us. Um, I only made three bets at the sportsbook, but I won all three of them. It was Kentucky, Tennessee, and then Miami, Florida on a Friday night. 
Oh, that's really good. So I went three and my picks. I was like, and you know, I, I was there with some family, and they were like, "Oh, you're gonna bet some more on the night games." I'm like, "No, I'm three and I'm done. This is it." Yeah, I'm gonna go. Uh, I'm gonna get go out while you're ahead. Buy some dinner or something with my winnings. But uh, anyway, um, just kind of getting into our picks for this week. We're gonna go in chronological order, just like we did last week. And what we're gonna do is we're gonna um, preview the game, and then we'll maybe talk about. Um, what happened last week with that team since we didn't have a, a recap episode. But, um, you know, as most of you know, not a big weekend last weekend. Not really a lot to talk about because it was just a lot of FCS and Sunbelt teams. So, um, But if there is something to talk about, we'll, we'll just go ahead and, uh, and mention it while we're previewing this week's game. So, that being said, 10 a.m. Saturday, the Vanderbilt Commodores are already playing their third game. Um We'll travel to Wake Forest, take on the Demon Deacons, and Wake Forest is a 10-point favorite. JB. Yeah, this is a what I would call a must-win game for Vanderbilt. If they want to be contending for a bowl in November, they have to go and win this game against Wake Forest on the road. And um, I like Vanderbilt's chances in this one. Um, you know, this is a game that, you know, if you're Clark Lee, um, you have this game circled because, you know, the SEC gauntlet is not going to be easy for them. Um, I think Swan has um, been pretty solid so far this year. The issue with them is offensive line. Can their offensive line protect Swan enough for him to make the plays that he needs to make? Because I think he's a really solid quarterback, honestly. One of the more underrated quarterbacks in the conference. Um, with that said, let's see. It's a 10-point favorite for Wake Forest. I like Vanderbilt to cover, and I'm actually going to go with Vanderbilt not just to cover, but I think Vanderbilt's going to win straight up. Wow. Okay. I was not expecting that. Um, I'm also going to take uh, Vanderbilt to cover in this one. I don't think that they'll win, but I'm also going to take them to cover. Um, should be an exciting matchup, especially since it's a 10 a.m. kick, so we get a little bit of a an early appetizer. 10 a.m. Central, yeah. so break basically uh, mimosas and football. Yep. What's I mean, nothing's better than that. Hell uh, no. Just get some Bojangles to go with it, too. Yeah. And uh, – <laughs> Someone who's probably not going to be having a good time Saturday morning is uh, going to be Ball State. They face their second SEC team in a row. They traveled down to Athens, two-time defending national champs. Georgia Bulldogs waiting on them, and they are a 42-point underdog in this one. Um, I'll, I guess I'll go first since you went first last time. Um, I'm gonna just going to go ahead and take Georgia to cover this. This line is ridiculous, and I don't know how how the line gets this high, but when it is this high, I just can't. I can't do it. I have to take. I have to take Georgia in the points. Honestly, when you see a line this high, the Vegas odds makers are playing mind games with you, which tells me that um, they're really trying to get you to go to bite with the under and tell you that they want you to pick Ball State plus forty-two. I'm not going to go with it either. I'm going with Georgia um, to cover that forty-two point spread. Not letting those uh, Vegas oddsters get to me this time. Yeah, no, it was a little bit of a slow start for Georgia last week. Um, some people are, you know, a little frustrated because they weren't, you know, winning uh, 28 nothing halfway through the first quarter. But a um, little bit of growing pains there. But you look at the box score and the numbers, and, you know, it's still everything looks good. Um, I don't think uh, anyone's too worried about Georgia. We're not really going to learn much about them um, until next week, most likely. But uh, moving on to the 2 p.m. time slot. Um, the team that beat Ball State last week, Kentucky, will host Eastern Kentucky. Um, there is no line for this game, so we're not going to pick it. Um, but did you want to mention anything about Kentucky last week or what um, What you're looking forward to seeing this week? Yeah, you remember in the first half last week, uh, Kentucky's offense was sputtering a lot, mainly in the first half. And um, there was a time where Ball State was um, making a move down the field. I believe the score at the time was 10-7 to Kentucky. 
and Ball State was driving into Kentucky territory. And then um, when Ball State was about to convert a first down, um, receiver, uh, you know, bobbled it, fumbled it, and then Kentucky scooped and scored, ran it down the field, went up 17-7, never looked back. But before that, I mean, it was a pretty competitive game. Devin Leary and the offense was struggling. But they were able to, um, you know, build some confidence back, I think, you know, in the second quarter and the third quarter. Um, this game, I think this is just another one of those games you need to build some more confidence um, with the offense, get him more acclimated, get him and Liam Cohn on the same page. Kentucky, I think this is going to be a uh, slobber knocker. I think they're going to um, really make Eastern Kentucky be excited to go back home. I think, uh, yeah, this is a confidence-boosting game for Kentucky. Yeah, I agree. And when, Kentucky has plenty of time to get the offense rolling. I mean, like we talked about in the preseason, his first uh, four or five games are um, – you know, really uh, favorable for them. So they got plenty of time to work out those kinks, and I think that they will. Um, moving on to the 2.30 time slot, one of the more exciting games of week two, and there are some good ones. Um, Ole Miss travels down to New Orleans to face Tulane, where they're a seven-and-a-half-point favorite. Obviously, Tulane um, winning the – what was it? Did they win the Cotton Bowl last year? They did. Remember, they beat, against USC? they beat USC. I couldn't remember Williams. which bowl game it was, but I do remember it was a big, it was a big game. Um, beat uh, the Heisman Trophy winner and all of that. Had a huge uh, comeback win. Um, you know, obviously, Willie Fritz. We're big fans of Willie Fritz on this podcast. Yeah, we love Willie Fritz. Love his system. Love the culture that he's, you know, created at New Orleans. It took a long time for him to get it going. And, uh, you know, they, the American Athletic Conference had some pretty solid programs during that tenure. I mean, Memphis had Mike Norvell. Um, UCF had Josh Heupel. Um, Cincinnati had Luke Fickle. Houston, you know, obviously with Applewhite and Holgerson had some solid programs. So it was really tough for, um, you know, T- Tulane to get things going. Of course, now American Athletic Conference is a lot, lot more watered down than it used to be. And uh, But I really love the job that Fritz has done. He finally broke through last year. I think they're going to have another solid season this year. And I did see that, you know, Ole Miss is a 7.5-point favorite. And this is the kind of game where Ole Miss always seems to struggle in is against those um, – upstart American Athletic Conference-type teams. I'm sure you remember um, Memphis beat them almost, what, eight years ago uh, when Justin Fuente was a coach at Memphis. Paxton Lynch was their quarterback. Came out of nowhere and beat and beat a really, really hyped-up Ole Miss team. And this year, um, I'm not going to pick Tulane to win, but I am going to pick Tulane to cover. I like Tulane plus 7.5. Ole Miss prevails in a very tough matchup and a high-scoring affair. Yeah, this is going to be a really exciting game. I'm really looking forward to it. Um, first big test for Pete Golding, um, the new defensive coordinator at Ole Miss. Um, you know, Tulane is a team that can really, when they when they get going, they can really move the ball. Um, and Ole Miss has obviously struggled to stop the run for what seems like an eternity now. But um, I am actually going to take Ole Miss to cover this one. Um, we talked about going into last week. We wanted to see, like, which receiver was going to step up. And I think it's pretty safe to say that Trey Harris is, is that guy. Um, 133 yards last week, uh, three touchdowns, I believe, or was it four? I believe it was four. So, an amazing performance either way. Um, yes, you're right, it was four touchdowns. Um, so, I think we have our answer in terms of uh, who that leading receiver for Ole Miss is going to be this year. Um, so, really, uh, really excited about that offense and, um, you know, what they're going to look like because um, they really were looking for that weapon on the outside. So, it'll be interesting to see if you can have another big game. Um, I like – Ole Miss to cover. I think this is going to be a really close game for the first three quarters, but I think a couple of uh, big offensive plays in the fourth quarter for Ole Miss put this one away and give them the cover. Yeah, that's fair. All right. 
And moving on, also at the two 2.30 time slot, um, Jimbo and uh, Coach Petrino head down to uh, Miami to take on the Hurricanes and Mario Cristobal. Um, two teams that covered last week um, against inferior competition. Um, Miami looks really good. Their offensive line looks really good. Um, Texas A&M took care of business against uh, New Mexico. Um, I will go ahead and pick this one first. Um, I have Texas A&M covering four and a half is the line. Um, uh, favorites are the Aggies. So I'm going to go ahead and take uh, Texas A&M to cover that. I'm with you too. I like A&M to cover this one. Um, their defense is going to be outstanding this year. I mean, I already saw some of the flashes in the first game, especially, um, you know, their uh, defensive line, a lot of big uglies on the defensive line that can control the line of scrimmage. And also uh, Wegman, I thought he had a pretty solid um, affair in his first game too, built some confidence. Um, this is a uh, must-win game, though. Not a must-win game, but, well, actually, I'm not going to downplay it at all. It is a must-win game for Jimbo Fisher. You know, you can't lose this one in the second week you know, of the season. Last year, you know, they started off 1-1, one one, you know, stumbled out of the gate. They can't allow that to happen this year. I think A&M wins this one. Um, Cristobal won't get his, his first signature victory. Might have to wait a couple more weeks, but I like A&M to cover. Yeah, really looking forward to the um... – Miami offensive line versus Texas A&M defensive line. That's going to be a really exciting matchup, but I think that A&M just has a little bit more firepower on offense, and I think that's the difference. Uh, moving to uh, 3 p.m., we have uh, Kent State, the Golden Flashes, um, fresh off of an absolute beatdown from UCF and Gus Malzahn last week. <laughs> that, but, was, that was a beatdown. What was it, like 55 to, 56 to 6 or something like that? It was. That, wow. was. that was correct. Unbelievable. Um they're only a 38-point underdog um, in Fayetteville this week. Um, I'm going to let you go ahead and pick this one. Um, obviously, Kent State, like, killed by injuries and coaches or uh, transfers and coaches leaving. I mean, they've just had, like, complete overturn there. Yeah, it was. And I think it's just so funny last week. Uh, you wanted to pick – I'm sure you saw the set. How many yards allowed that Kent State allowed last week? I don't even want to know. They allowed 723 yards of offense. And it was extremely balanced effort, 389 on the ground and 334 through the air. That's like NCAA football type numbers when you have that perfect balanced offense. And then they only had 240 yards themselves. Now they're playing an offense that, honestly, I could say maybe better than that UCF offense. And they're playing in um, Fayetteville. This is another one of those games for Arkansas. You know, confidence booster. Try to run up the score as much as you can in the first half. And uh, – play the starters halfway through the third quarter, take the pads off. I like uh, Arkansas to cover as well. All right. Well, that solves that. Um, you know, obviously, K.J. Jefferson did have a great game last week, so uh, n not that that was surprising. Um, so expect more of the same this week. Um, and then 4 p.m. moving uh, over to Knoxville. Austin P. let's go P. Let's go P. Goes over to Knoxville. There's no line in this game. We expect Tennessee to cover this one pretty easily. Um, did you want to mention anything about um, Tennessee's performance against Virginia where they did cover, by the way? They did cover, and uh, I, I did not pick Tennessee to cover. That was one where I got wrong, and you got it correct. Um, I did not pick Tennessee to cover. I thought that they would be very vanilla, and they were vanilla in that game. But even with the vanilla play calling they had, they were still able to cover and covered it with ease. Um, I think what I discovered is that Tennessee has a really great trio of running backs, maybe one of the best trios, not just in the SEC, but maybe in the country with uh, Jalen Wright, um, Dylan Sampson, and Jabari Small. 
three really good or three good running backs and um, good trio of receivers. The offense of line looked a lot better than what people thought in the preseason, but maybe it's because of how awesome their defensive line appeared to be. Yeah. Um, I think they had what almost ten sacks in that game alone. Um, you know, they had a couple guys that had more, multiple sacks in the game um, on the defensive line too. So that that was really good to see for Tennessee. Um, the secondary, you know, that's the part that I'm more concerned with with Tennessee. But if you have a really good defensive line and a good front seven, can help uh, mask, you know, an average secondary. So there's a lot of optimism on Rocky Top that this defense is much improved from last year and that the offense will work out the kinks they had in the first quarter and, um, you know, be a really hard team to reckon with um, by the time we get, you know, in October. Yep. And uh, you pretty much said everything I was going to say, too. That front seven definitely looks uh, really solid for Tennessee. Um, moving over to the 6 p.m. time slot, probably the most anticipated game from a national perspective, uh, the Texas Longhorns make that return trip over to Tuscaloosa from a great game last year. Um, Alabama is a seven-point favorite. Um, JB, are they going to cover it? They're not. They're not. And you know why? That's because I picked Texas to win in the preseason. And, no, I'm not going to – fall for all this people this talk from last week that oh texas is not back i can tell you this sark was not caring at all about how last week was um he has this alabama game circled i think last week he just wanted to get out of that game you know easy as possible not show too much against rice and they did just that this is the biggest game of sark's tenure at texas besides the one they played last year i like texas to cover and I know that Jalen Milrow had a pretty solid outing in the first game. That was good for confidence. But I just really like this Texas team this year. I think they have a lot of balance on both sides of the ball. And this is those kind of games that I think, you know, Sark has circled. And he knows how to scheme against it, saving coach defense. I like uh, Texas to win in a thriller in Tuscaloosa, pull off the upset. Yeah, I think that's definitely been a trendy pick this week. Um you know, obviously I picked Quinn Years to be my Heisman Trophy winner before the season started, uh, but also picked Alabama to win the SEC. So um, this is kind of two, two uh, this is kind of an intersection, I guess um, you could say. I'm not sure the best way to describe it. We need Josh Pate here to, to, make, a, to make a solid reference for me. But um, <laughs> I would say um, in this one, I'm going to have to go with Alabama to cover the seven points. Um, the main reason is just I've never been a big believer in Sark as a head coach. I think he's a great play caller. Uh, but I think sometimes in these big games, he does kind of tend to disappear. I mean, it's not like he's never been a head coach before. I mean, he's been the head coach of Washington, USC, and it was just a lot of disappointment. Um, you know, great play caller, and I'm sure that they will dial up some some great plays in this one. I'm sure the first couple drives will come out and move the ball really well. But I just have faith that Nick Saban and that defense are going to um, put the screws on. And um, I've really was impressed with Jalen Milrow last week. Um, and, you know, when I saw him play last year, I mean, he was a good player. I think he sort of gets like a bad rap as, you know, I guess just because he's not like Mac Jones, you know, to a, like for some reason, like he gets kind of a little bit unfairly compared to them. But I think he's a really solid playmaker. He's, a, um, you know, a good quarterback, maybe not a great one. But I think this Alabama team just in general is just a lot better all around. Um, you know, I think, I think it's going to be a really exciting game. Um, I do like Alabama to cover the seven points, so um, probably maybe like a 10-point win, I'm thinking. Hey, I mean, a 10-point win is better than last year where they had to barely escape Austin, so that's that's an improvement from last season for sure. <laughs> I just need to see Alabama actually lose a game before I'm 
going to pick against them. I'm yeah. Say that. I mean, and everyone's going to pick Alabama to win until they do lose a game. But I think I feel pretty – I'm not saying I'm very confident about this one, but I'm mildly confident that Texas is going to come into this game. I mean, after the way it ended last year, I just feel like they're going to come and win. Like, I, that's how I felt about Utah, how, how they lost to Florida last year. They came in and dominated. Don't, I'm not going to say Texas is going to come in and dominate, but I like their ability in this one. And also at 6 p.m., I'm not sure how many people outside of uh, Columbia, Missouri are going to be watching this one. But MTSU travels up to uh, Missouri. Missouri is a 20-and-a-half-point favorite. Another payday for MTSU. Yeah, that's right. They're just back-to-back weeks. Uh, you see a trend with some of these teams. You do. <laughs> this is this is their, this is is their funding their athletic department for the year. <laughs> that's right. Got to get those uh, – got, got to get those volleyball uniforms paid for. But uh, I'm going to go ahead and go with uh, Missouri to cover this one. Um, I was not impressed at all with MTSU last week. Um, I thought Missouri showed some good things. Um, offensively, um, I think that uh, I think they win this game pretty easily. Yeah, I like Missouri to cover this one as well. Last year, I mean, last week, um, Missouri's defense looked really, really good. Offense was sputtering most of the game. I think this is one of those bounce-back games, build some confidence with Brady Cook. I like Missouri to cover that 20.5-point spread as well. Then over at 6.30, Grambling heads over to Baton Rouge. There's no line for this game, obviously. Um, really uh, disappointing. Uh, I guess we can probably have a moment we talked about last week, but really disappointing performance for LSU uh, Sunday night. It was, but, you know, I, I picked Florida State to win that game. I'm more impressed with how Florida State played than rather disappointed in how LSU played. LSU was playing a really good game for, you know, really mostly over three quarters. I mean, it was a tight game. It's just like it was a huge mental collapse by LSU in, in the third quarter or, you know, late in the second half. And it started with that interception when they were down a touchdown. I think it was 24-17 at the time. After that interception, you know, and then that turnover, Florida State drives on a short field, goes up two scores. LSU just never mentally recovered from that. And that's something that Brian Kelly, I know, is going to be working on with this team, mental toughness. You know, last year, you know, they had a turnaround after they got blown out at home by Tennessee. Maybe having this loss early in the season like they did in the first week is going to end up being a good thing for LSU. I'm optimistic that LSU is going to have things turned around. I do think they have a really good team. I think it was just more of a mental breakdown more than anything in the second half. But that's stuff that can be corrected too. Um, it's just uh, confidence, and this is the game that they can build some confidence back. Yeah, the truth is it was, just a, it was a really bad matchup for LSU. Um, you know, the biggest weakness – being that secondary and those receivers from Florida State, they just got some big dudes, some big physical receivers that just made some amazing catches. Obviously, Keon Coleman um, with three touchdown catches. I mean, just an incredible performance by him. Yeah, absolutely. And they're not going to face many teams that have receivers like that. No, and I mean, just speak highly on Florida State. Nor Mike Norvell has a really awesome team in Tallahassee. I mean, that looks like a college football playoff caliber team, maybe even a national title contender. They are really good on both sides of the ball. But, man, that offense, extremely balanced. Uh, a lot of seniors on that team, too. Uh, Florida State is really impressive. Yeah. Yeah, I'm really excited to see what Florida State looks like going forward. Um, you know, just like you're saying, Mike, Mike Norvell has done an amazing job there. Um, they, uh, I mean, they didn't run the ball amazing, but um, they – they definitely have some really good running backs. And then, you know, defensively, I was really impressed with them as well. Very physical up front. Um, a lot of speed on defense. Um, so, look, LSU, 
is a really talented team. Brian Kelly's a really good coach. They're going to get better as the season goes on. Um, I wouldn't be surprised at all if they still end up going 10 and 2. Um, I mean, who knows? Maybe even 11 to 1. I mean, I, I really don't know. But hey, if they run the table the rest of the way, kudos to them. I mean, they've definitely had the odds stacked against them after losing that first game um, because they got a much tougher schedule the rest of the way than Florida State does. But LSU is capable of, you know, not losing more than one more game the rest of the year. I mean, they are a really solid roster, and I'm not counting them out at all. One team who did lose last week, who I'm not uh, very excited about going forward, is Florida, um, who had an abysmal performance um, against Utah um, last Thursday night. Um, I mean, they scored a touchdown and a two-point conversion late to make it look a little respectable, but it was still just a completely embarrassing performance, especially offensively for Florida. Yeah, I mean, that's just a very anemic offense. There's just not a lot of excitement with it. It's a very basic offense that uh, Napier runs. And you're not supposed to have a basic offense in Gainesville. You're supposed to be explosive. And they just really haven't had those explosive offenses really since Urban Meyer. I mean, Michael Wayne never had an offense like that, except maybe for parts of 2015 uh, with Will Greer, um, you know, before Will Greer went down. But other than that, um, Mullen had some solid offenses, you know, but they just never really had the explosive offenses, you know, in a long time. And that's what you want in Gainesville. That's what creates excitement. The Spurrier offense is fun and gun. Myers spread. They don't really have as much of an identity on that side of the ball. Defensively, um, they tried to hold their own against Utah, especially against the third string. But there were some times where I thought the defensive breakdowns, especially in the secondary, were very disappointed on the Florida side. They just do not look like a well-coached team. I mean, let's just be honest about them. And they, I mean, I feel like the running backs are the strength of their offense, and they like didn't get any. No, and that's, that's what they're supposed to do. They're wanting to establish a run game, and um, they got some tough teams coming up on their schedule. I mean, hint, hint, in a couple of weeks, um, coming into Gainesville, a team that's really good on the defensive line. Like, they've got to get those issues shored up, um, especially um, you know with tougher teams, tougher defensive lines they're going to be facing later on down the road. But like I said, Florida does not look like a well-coached team at all. And they look every bit like the four and eighteen that I predicted them to be in the preseason. Yeah, and um, they host uh, McNeese State. I didn't say that earlier, but another FCS team with no spread, so we're not going to pick that game. Uh, but also at six thirty, um, the Arizona Wildcats travel to Starville um, to take on Mississippi State. Uh, Mississippi State is a nine-point favorite in this game. This is a really exciting game. Last year, if you stayed up for it, it was a ten p.m. Central Time kick last year. Um, Mississippi State did uh, pull away in the second half. Um, to her for a somewhat comfortable win. But uh, Jaden Delora is back. Um, there's some good receivers um, for Arizona, so kind of an exciting offense. I think this could be maybe the low-key most exciting game on Saturday. Yeah, I'm, I'm excited about this matchup. Uh, last year, you know, I think State won by, what, double digits last year? Yeah, it was a pretty – I mean, it, it was close in the second half, but State pulled away late. Yeah, I mean, I, I like State um, in this game too. I think the line is nine. I would say State covers it. I mean, I think their defense looked really solid in the opener. Granted, you know, the opponent wasn't all that's made out to be, but um, I just they have a lot of, you know, really ex- good experience on that side of the ball. Um, offensively, they were struggling at first part of the game, but they really started to open things up. I think it was more or less just early game jitters. That's always going to be the case in a lot of season openers for every team. But um, they looked – there was a lot of flashes that I saw from State from um, – I did watch uh, most of the second quarter and all the third quarter, and I did like what I saw from Mississippi State in that game. Um, much better, I think, than the first quarter, how it started. So, yeah, I like I like State to cover 
with this nine point spread. Yeah, no, I, d- I did notice that some Mississippi State fans were uh, already calling for Mike, R- Mike Wright to take over as a starting quarterback, um, even though he did not throw a single pass. <laughs> he didn't throw a single pass, and yet still they're uh, he's a package quarterback. But um, I, I am kind of excited to see how they use Mike Wright going forward. It does appear as though that this will be a two quarterback system. Um, I mean, obviously, Will Rogers is going to be getting most of the snaps, but. They're gonna they're gonna play Mike Wright at quarterback a good bit this oh, year. Oh yeah, I think on short yardage situations that'd be a great idea to bring him in. I mean, you can run some read options with him. Um, you have to at least respect that he could throw the ball at any given time, even though he hasn't thrown it. But um, yeah, I, I would honestly want to use him on the short downs for sure. Yeah, well, as far as this game goes, um, you know, I'm gonna take Arizona to cover this one. I think Mississippi State still wins. Um, gonna be a really exciting game though. Um, my main concerns though are just that. Um, you know, Jaden Delora does a really good job of extending plays, um, and Mississippi State secondary um, is kind of the weakness of the defense right now. And I just worry about some of those receivers that Arizona has being able to get open um, on some uh, um, extended plays by Delora. Um, so I expect a really exciting, fun game um, in Starville. I think Mississippi State comes away with a really close, hard-fought win, though, um, and moves to two and zero. That's what you need, especially going into a big win next week at home. Yeah, that's right. And um, also, 6.30, Furman uh, goes into Columbia, South Carolina to face the Gamecocks. Obviously, a really disappointing game for uh, for South Carolina against North Carolina last week. And an in-state game, too, with Furman coming into uh, Columbia to play. And just what a disappointing week for the entire state of South Carolina um, week one openers. I don't think a single program, FBS or FCS, won their season opener um, from South Carolina last week. But... I mean, honestly, the things we saw from South Carolina is a lot of this that we saw in the first game. It was a lot of the issues that they had last year, minus the last two games. But, you know, maybe those last two games were still more of a fluke than what they really are as their identity is. Like, their offensive line was just horrendous in that first game. If you can't protect Spencer Rattler, how are you expecting to, um, you know, have a much better team? And then um, I know that a lot of fans in Columbia were hoping that they could take a leap, win nine, maybe even ten games. But... I did not see that at all. I think they're a lot closer to fighting for bowl eligibility, like I think both you and I predicted. Um, and, you know, my biggest concern is how long is Spencer Rattler going to survive? Um, you know, because they were playing North Carolina, which is not even a good de- team defensively. What are they going to do when they get to SEC play with those defensive lines they're going to face? I'm very concerned about Spencer Rattler's health, like just making it through, like, Cocktober. Yeah. Well, I mean, they can't run the ball and they can't protect the quarterback. So, I mean, it's just like all it's just he's going to be getting hit all season. I mean, look, North Carolina's defensive line is probably a little bit better than it gets credit for. Um, but that was as bad of an offensive line performance as I've seen. Um, Besides Vanderbilt that. against Hawaii. Yeah. I mean, it's I mean, it's when you when your offensive line plays like that, you're just not going to be able to move the ball. Um, but the one bright spot for South Carolina was uh Xavier Leggett. Mm-hmm. Oh my God! I didn't realize like some big time plays. I mean, him. I was not expecting him to have such a big game. I mean, I was looking at the stats. I got them pulled up right here. He had nine catches for 178 yards last year. The entire season, he had 18 catches for 167 yards. So he's already passed his yardage total from last season in one game. Um, he made some amazing catches. Um, and obviously, you know, Juice Wells didn't play, which um, you know I wasn't expecting that. Uh, going into the game, but um, obviously that was a huge loss for them as well. But the truth is, it doesn't really matter how good your quarterback and receivers are if you can't run the ball and you can't protect the quarterback. I mean, that's just something they're going to have to fix. I mean, there's no excuse to be that bad. No, not at all. And that was very disappointing. Of course, South Carolina, it's not going to get any better. 
uh, next week when they have to play at Georgia. This is just one of those games. you got to tune up what you can this week because it's going to get a lot tougher next week. And uh, at 9.30 Central Time, a really intriguing matchup. Uh, the Auburn Tigers and uh, Hugh Freeze go out to Cal to face the Bears. Um, Cal actually had a pretty surprising performance week one, put up a lot of points. Um, I don't think a lot of people were expecting that. Um, Auburn goes into this game as a six-point favorite. Um, I still am going to take Auburn to cover this. Um, I might regret this later, but um, I just think that, uh, you know, Auburn's offense looked pretty solid last week. Um, I really liked what I saw from them. I, you know, again, I know it's not the best opponent. And I'm not trying to draw any grand conclusions about what happened in week one, but I really liked what I saw from Auburn. I think they have a significant talent advantage. I think they have the coaching advantage. Um, and, I mean, truthfully, um, you know, Cal's defensive coordinator is Peter Sermon, which I don't know if anyone remembers him when he was at Mississippi State. But he was awful. 2016, one of the worst defenses I've ever seen. Um, I know it was a long time ago, but I just – I cannot pick a, a Peter Sermon coach defense. No, and, and let's let, face it. I mean, Auburn last couple of years under Harson, you know, before Freeze took the job, they were god-awful. But this is still Auburn. They still have talent on the Plains, and they are a way more talented team than California. Now, California, um, if they, they were playing Auburn last year, you know, with this team, yeah, absolutely I'd pick California. But Auburn's got a much better coach now with Hugh Freeze. This is one of those um, tone setters for the season as well. You need to go and get this victory. Get yourself off to a 2-0 start before you host uh, Sanford the next week. And, you know, build some momentum before you get into the meat of the SEC schedule. I like Auburn to win this win. Um, I like them um, covering that spread to minus six and a half. All right. Well, um, is there anything else you would like to add? Um, I do actually, you know what? I did find out the name of that restaurant. What is it? The Italian restaurant in Las Vegas that I went to is called Piero's. Piero's. P-I-E-R-O apostrophe S. Piero's. Yeah, it was uh, really solid. It was more a little upscale, if I'm being honest. Um, I was not paying. Otherwise, we would not have gone there. But um, I got some uh, veal parmesan and yeah and some meatballs and yeah it was outstanding it was really good are, so you, you, are you checking out the menu oh, i'm looking at the menu but <clears throat> yeah i'll look at this um, when we're done here but yeah your mom um, she has good taste and and food um any any restaurant she goes to i know it's going to pretty much have good food there's only one restaurant that your mom has ever taken us to that i wasn't as impressed with i think you and i were both in agreement on which restaurant that is but other than that um every restaurant yeah that she goes to it's usually gonna be pretty damn good yeah, that's right. Well, um, with that being said, um, I think we'll go ahead and wrap this one up. Um, just like I said, we are going to try to do the recap episode on Sundays, and then we'll have a preview episode for you guys on Tuesday. Um, obviously, this week was just a little bit crazy with uh, the holidays and our travel schedule and everything. Um, so, um, did, JB, did you have anything else you want to add, or are you good? I don't, but, man, college football is finally here. This whole season is going to fly by. That's that's the thing I think I don't even want to start counting down is dreading the end of the season, but – like, I always think about, like, when we get to November, like, man, September didn't even seem like that long ago. We're going to be saying that pretty soon. Yeah, that's right. Um, it always goes so quick, so cherish it. it like, that's how uh, I do. I cherish every single week that we have college football. So. Like Billy Madison with the little fat kid when he's grabbing his cheeks. <laughs> it's like, cherish it. I do cherish it. There's nothing I cherish more, like, you know, when it's actually happening than college football Saturdays. It's the best thing in the world. That's right. Well, um, you guys enjoy your football, and uh, we'll be back with you guys on Sunday. Until next time.